Dear listeners, I am Long Hair. Beijing held a grand parade commemorating the 70th anniversary of victory over the Japanese fascist invasion. Hong Kong followed, granted a holiday, and celebrated. This lavishing art of the Chinese Communist Party government is, in fact, to glorify its new master Xi Jinping and to fan the fire for its so-called China dream. But to political prisoners, in particular human rights dissidents, it is a recurring nightmare. Under the suppression of one-party dictatorship, the phantom of fascism is reincarnated. Coming back to life in the clock of People's Republic, having experienced an eight-year anti-Japanese war, plus a four-year civil war, China is undoubtedly a country haunted by fascism over the last seventy years. Next, we will this history from Tiananmen Square, where parades are held in 1919. Here was a student movement, a movement to fight Japanese militarism, trying to annex China. This is where the movement was born. The May Fourth Movement shocked the world and awakened the Chinese. In 1949, CCP government revealed the People's Liberation Army. Mao Zedong declared that the people had risen. And the republic had been established. It would seem that fascism was gone. In 1967, Mao Zedong held a ninth military parade of the Red Guard, raising himself on a pedestal, combining personal worship with one-party dictatorship, and sounding the trumpet of fascism. In 1989, on June 4, the eve of 40th anniversary of Republic. The square took a bloodbath during evacuation. Tearing its mask of peace, CCP deployed soldiers and tanks on sit-in students demanding democracy, with its fans and cross dripping in the blood. The phantom of fascism danced in exultation on Tiananmen Square, with its ever-changing setting. Music stops. Why the story goes on, sweet nights are heard no more. But history written in blood never fades. Today, Liang Shanying, Jiang Xiaoming, and the like claimed. Parades serve to remind the youngster to learn more about the motherland and never to forget this history and how Hong Kong and the mainland suffered. Why asking the public not to forget the history of resistance? Ironically. The CCP forgets its own role in the resistance seventy years ago. At the beginning of the war in 1937, in an article, the task of the Chinese Communist Party in the period of resistance to Japan, Mao Zedong said, China must at once start democratic changes in two following respects. First. In the matter of the political system, the reactionary Kuomintang dictatorship of one party and one class 
must be changed into a democratic government based on the cooperations of all parties and all classes. In this respect, a start should be made by framing and adopting a truly democratic constitution, convening a truly democratic parliament, and electing a genuine democratic government that will carry out genuine democratic policies. The second matter concerns freedom of speech, assembly, and association for people. In the next few months, the nationwide democratic movement should strive for at least a minimal achievement of such freedoms, which must include the release of political prisoners, the removal of the ban on political parties, etc. Democratic reconstruction of the political system and freedom and rights for the people constitute an important part of the program of the anti-Japanese National United Front. At the same time, they are prerequisites for the establishment of a genuine and solid anti-Japanese National United Front. And in 1940, in an article, Current Problems of Tactics in the Anti-Japanese United Front, CCP said, In our propaganda, we should stress the following program. C. Carry out the principle of democracy by granting the people absolute freedom to resist Japan and save the nation by enabling them to elect governments at all levels and by establishing the revolutionary democratic political power of the anti-Japanese National United Front. D. Carry out the principle of the people's livelihood by abolishing exorbitant taxes and miscellaneous levies, reducing land rents and interests, enforcing the eight-hour working day, developing agriculture, industry and commerce, and improving the livelihood of the people. The significance of commemorative holiday is dropped by CCP's abrogation 70 years ago. At the height of war, CCP still insists on demanding KMT to end dictatorship of one party, to hold universal suffrage nationally and to release political prisoners. Yet today, CCP arrests dissidents at will. Only recently, some 200 human rights lawyers were detained, put under surveillance or simply disappeared. Among them, in Guangzhou, we have the trio Tang Jingning, Yang Chaoyang, and Wang Qingying. And we have Ye Xiaozheng charged with incitations and subversion. As of Hong Kong, numerous participants of the Umbrella Movement were arrested and charged. And the Justice Department keep pressing for heavier punishments, trying to lock everyone up. Meanwhile, the seven policemen who beat defenseless activists and superintendent Chi Keng Wai, who clubbed innocent bystanders, are still at large. In Luxell, the core of fascism is one ideology, one party, and one ruler. A dictatorship suppressing all dissidents. What people long for and die for during the anti-fascist struggle was a rim 
where they can be their own master, not a dictatorship of one party. At this 70th anniversary of victory of the resistance war, CCP bluntly violates the constitution while Liang Chenying's government tries to please Beijing with political prosecutions. They are both shameless. The purpose of commemorations of the war victory is not to glorify any government, but to remind everyone's sacrifice made by the people and to build a just society. The reason I write to you today is to reiterate the task of the resistance war. Our tasks are to end one-party dictatorship, to free all political prisoners, and to achieve universal suffrage. To be or not to be, that is the question. People in power or fascism, this is our fate.